1: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
2: Welcome to Vegas. You know, big names in every category of entertainment make their way to Vegas. Today, we're going to honor a couple of greats who have passed away but are still remembered as superstars in their fields by those who continue to tell their stories. The great singer in a number of genres, Steve Tyrell, joins us again to discuss his latest release, which is a tribute to his mentor and friend, the great Ray Charles. Later in the program, we remember one of the greatest impressionists of the 20th century, the late Fred Travellina, in a conversation with his wife, Lois, discussing the release of some material that we haven't heard before. Also today, we are back with another episode of Vegas Crime Blotter. Have you ever heard of the Cal Neva? It was built in the 1920s, then purchased in 1960 by Frank Sinatra. Mr. Big has the entire story of some of the shenanigans that followed. And football sage Upton Bell is back with this week's NFL picks. He went 3-0 last week. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, discusses changes involving complimentary cocktails.
0: Curiosity. Curiosity. Find out what you're missing. Something's going down all the time, yeah. When you leave, don't you know that I will follow? We'll leave no stone unturned. Hey,
2: hey! Steve Terrell is back, one of our absolute favorite guests, the great singer. And boy, does he have some great news for us. A new album called Shades of Ray. Something he's done with Ray Charles is fantastic, including a song that he actually collaborated with Ray. I, I can't wait to hear that "Curiosity," and he's also yeah. got a great tour coming up. Steve, you got to be excited! First of all, the song "Curiosity," you had written that right for a, a TV show back in the '80s,
0: right, or in the '90s? I think it may have been the '80s. I don't remember. It was for Tim Reid, who I had worked for many times. I was W. He was on WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, he was great.
2: Yeah, I do. He was great.
0: And then then we did a show together called Frank's Place that uh, in the 90s, uh, the L.A. Times put it as one of their top ten shows of the the decade. It was a really cool show about a New Orleans jazz bar, and I did the music for it. And uh, Ray Charles liked that show a lot. And uh, so he reached out to Tim Reed to tell him, how much he liked uh, the show was called Snoop, uh, the show was called Prank's Place, right? And then when and when he got when he got his next show, which was um, for CBS, it was called Snoop's, and it was about a uh, uh, two detectives, you know, um, African American detectives that were kind of cool, Nick and what uh, was well, Nick and, Nora and Charles, I think, is what it was uh, based on. And uh, he asked me to write a song uh, for it, the theme, uh, you know, the opening credit song. And so I wrote Curiosity. And uh, I told uh, Tim, I said, man, why don't we send it to Ray Charles? and see if he likes it. Maybe he'll sing it. And he had never done a song for a television show. You know, he he thought it was beneath him to do that, you know. And um, we sent him the song and he loved it and said he'd do it. So that's how it all started.
2: Isn't that great? And yeah.
0: now you put this together. This is
2: kind of like that uh, deal that Nat King Cole with Natalie Cole did, right, for Unforgettable, and, and, and which was also a great uh, collaboration.
0: Well, it's a little different in the sense that I actually did this song with Ray. You know, right, in right. Li- in, with Ray, he, how it happened was I sent him the song. He loved it. CBS got us to change some of the lyrics because they changed some of the main title pictures, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and they didn't think that the lyric we had fit with it. So, um, so they asked us to change some of the lyrics to go with their new pictures. So I did, and I sent it back to Ray's manager. And uh, when he came to record it, he, uh, he asked me also to raise the key a half a step. I did all that stuff. And when he got over to my studio, he says, uh, did you, did you raise the key? I said, yeah. He said, he said, "Well, play me the tape, man." And I played him what I had, and he said, uh, "Who's that cat singing?" <laughs> I said, "That's me," because <laughs> I was singing the you know the original demo of it. And he said, "Beautiful, man, beautiful." And he said, "But where did the new words come from? I never heard those words." And I knew right then that his manager did not send him the new lyric, and I didn't want to throw his manager under the bus, you know. You know, I sent it to you, man, and I, you know, so he says, uh, I said, well, listen, you're Ray Charles, man, sing anything you want, what are they going to do, fire you? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, said, so they're thrilled at And he said, no, no, i tell you what, man, you you and me, we'll do it together. You sing me a line and I'll sing it back to you. And you sing it to me and I'll sing it back to you. Well, well you, I'll sing it back to you like 10 times until you get exactly the take you want on each line. So it was not. It was like that. Ray and I were sitting right next to each other. I'd sing him a line of the song, and he'd sing it back to me. And then I'd sing it to him, and he'd sing it back to me. It was the biggest thrill of my life. I don't think anybody ever does that with Ray Charles. Give him line readings.
2: You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. Well, but this was but a big deal for to... you, right? Because, I mean, he was a hero of yours.
0: Totally. Totally. Always my, my, when I was in high school, like the, my band, the first song that uh, we used to, we learned and played at every gig was what I say, you know. And uh, I just thought he was the best that ever was. And I still do. The reason I say that, there's a lot of great singers in this world and a lot of people I totally admire. But Ray could sing anything.
2: Yeah, that's he could, right. sing
0: blues. he could sing blues, he could sing jazz, he could sing country music. <laughs> he could sing any kind of music and at the highest possible level. That's why I think he's the greatest of all time, you know.
2: He's a great showman. I remember seeing him uh, in the twentieth century over in a little place called the Circle Star Theater. And he just fascinated you know it was like two and a half hours that went by so quickly you wouldn't believe it and, and like you say right. he, he played every kind of music there was in that concert it was incredible
0: yeah and and he's a big inspiration to me because I I mean I I just unconsciously learned how to sing from listening to Ray Charles so as a result I've made a lot of different kind of albums I made a Sinatra album a Disney album. A, standards albums, a back rack album, you know. And I felt good about doing any of them. And uh, Ray, because Ray could do any of them, you know. Well, Sometimes yeah. people don't sound that great when they step out of their own genre, you know. Absolutely. When not great. Not Ray Charles, man. He could. Well, he and not Steve Tyrell
2: either, because I got to tell you, I'm a, people that listen to the show know I'm a huge fan of yours, and you know you do the Great American Songbook, which I love, but I listened to some of this, and I thought, this is fantastic, because you took great music, and you kind of put your own take on these things, which yeah. is really cool. With You know, as a tribute, really more than trying to, you know, well, I don't like this music, I'm going to put a different spin. No, I thought you did exactly the opposite. I thought it really showed how great this music is.
0: Yes, and, and how much I love it. I think you can listen to this and know that I have a real reverence for Ray and everything he did. And I, it would have been a sin to try to copy any of his arrangements or his phrasing. So I just I just did each tune uh, inspired by him, you know, not copying him. That would have been a disaster because I, I wouldn't even know how to do that. I wouldn't even know how to sound like Ray Charles, you know. Who
2: who does? Back with more from Grammy Award-winning vocalist Steve Tyrell in a moment. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. Is short for Sports Rock and Tours, and later today on Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet hockey pioneer, NHL owner, and Hollywood executive Howard Baldwin. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network.
1: Do you need to sell your home? Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-948-6826 800-948-6826 800-948-6826
2: Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Or more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.
1: Now let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Steve Tyrell,
2: who has starred for over four decades in the music business.
0: See the girl with the diamond ring She knows how to shake that thing all right now
2: but, and the, this, the album is uh, called uh, Shades of Ray, 16 fantastic songs. And, you know, I'm just looking at this list of songs. You talk about a variety. You're doing exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you have Let the Good Times Roll and stuff, but you do Georgia On My Mind. You, you've got Hallelujah, I Love Her So. I mean, there's a, a number of songs. Hit the Road Jack, but then there's stuff like Crying Time. So that same kind of whole circle of his of his whole catalog, you've kind of done the same thing, which yeah. it, it just sounds like you're having fun too. I mean, that, that whole tribute idea, you know, we, we talk about tribute acts in Vegas all the time, but this truly was something where it, it wasn't so much you're trying to copy. I mean, it was like, I really like this guy and here's, here, here's how I feel about it. I mean, was that kind of the thing too, where you just yeah, wanted yeah, to do and, it? And,
0: and here's what he's done for me, you know, like, like, Me singing these songs are kind of like got into my soul from him and came out the way they came out. They're not a copy at all, you know? Yeah, exactly. uh, Neither and none of the arrangements are either, you know? we try to just come up and and do songs that, I mean, do arrangements and versions of these songs that are inspired by Ray, but not, you know, not, not trying to be Ray.
2: You're know you going to hit the road with this. You're starting right now, and you're you're heading over to the East Coast first, and you get a little to the West Side. Is this going to be a part of this tour? Because, boy, I know people would love to hear some of this.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We start tonight in uh, 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 Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And it's a sold-out concert, and I'm very happy about that. And And then we go to Boston, and we play Saturday night in Boston, and then we play Sunday in West Hampton. And we open the show with you know, hit the road. No, no. We open the show. with let the good times roll, and we do a little bit of everything on this uh, on this uh, tour. Some yep. of the standards, some of the rack music.
2: It's exciting yeah. stuff. I, I we're really looking forward to it. I got to ask you because I'm asking all the entertainers that come on. This pandemic was awful for everybody. Is this what you were doing in the pandemic? Was kind of going through and, yes. and doing this? <laughs>
0: Yes. I had something I'd wanted to do for a long time. And, uh, I, uh, you know, the pandemic gave me the opportunity to revisit it and concentrate on it and do something I really loved. And that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't really do it knowing when it was going to come out or what. I just, I just, like, let me finish my Ray Charles album. And I got that title shades of Ray. I think it's that I thought that was inspired. That just came to me in the middle of the night, you know.
2: I love that title, yeah. Steve, because when you're playing, you almost get this idea in the background. There's there's like Ray just kind of like nodding his head, you know. Because I, yeah. I, again, I, it's just it's so great to hear that music again too. I just think he's so great, and the boy, I, I'm I'm so happy you decided to do that.
0: Me too, man. Me too. I just I'm real real you know real thrilled about it, and real happy about this album. people are really liking it i've got I've gotten really good uh, positive feedback all over the place from on this uh people that have heard you know the advanced copies or whatever
2: yeah well people it just came out now so you can get that what well, i assume on Amazon or just about anywhere they sell uh well, we still make albums. It's so great too. I mean, nobody makes albums yeah. as much, and this is great to have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope you're. And I think you can get it right now. You can download it. Yeah. Uh, you know, on Amazon. But in in, in November fifth, the hardcover album will come out through the CD, and uh, it, it's got some cool stuff on it too. I put it on. Uh, it's on, I'm on Warner Brothers, so Warner Brothers owns. The Atlantic catalog, so uh, the, the the label is the old Atlantic label instead of just a regular CD. So you know it's a, <laughs> it's the label that Ray Charles was on and what started. They, I could do that because Warner Brothers let me do that because they own the the, the rights to Atlantic Records, and so it, it's on Warner Brothers, but the uh, actual CD is an old Atlantic uh, artwork.
2: More with singer, songwriter, and producer Steve Tyrell in a moment. Time now for another episode of our new feature Vegas Crime Water with Mr. Big. Time once again for Mr. Big as he presents the Vegas Crime Blotter, a look back at the history of Vegas and the mob. Well, Mr. Big, last week we were talking about Frank Sinatra. We want to continue that today. He bought a piece of property up in northern Lake Tahoe called the Cal Neva, which was right on the border. That property got him in some difficulties, didn't it?
5: Oh, it did. Yes, that was one of the best business decisions Frank ever made. I think was really fascinating about that whole thing is that he was playing Cupid, at, among other things, he was playing Cupid at that casino. There were tunnels built between different cabins, so Marilyn and could show up and meet Bobby Kennedy if he wanted to. Wow, yeah, Bobby would show up, he would be, have one cabin, Marilyn would be another cabin, and there was a tunnel connecting the two. Wow, who knew that? I didn't know that. I only knew that when I read a blog that's run by my good friend, Classic Blondes. You can find her at ClassicBlondes.com. It's really interesting. We're talking about different famous blondes, actresses of Hollywood of the past. Anyway, when it comes to that, Sam, the head of the outfit in Chicago, would show up. Well, what's wrong with that? You might think, well, at the time that Sam, the head of the outfit in Chicago, would show up, he was in the black book. He was not allowed to be in a casino. So why would you do that? Good question. Why would you have somebody come to your casino that you knew couldn't be at your casino? And how do you ever think that the FBI would not know As we all know, if we read about Frank Sinatra and his files being released by the FBI, at the same time that Frank was entertaining Marilyn Monroe, Sam from the outfit, and other mafia also, in the hills were FBI agents with high-powered cameras, taking pictures of all this. The way how it gets Frank into trouble is because once the FBI finds this out, they go to Hoover, Hoover lets the um, Nevada Gaming Commission know, and they have questions for Frank. These questions didn't end well for Frank, as Frank would lose lose all his interest in that casino. He would be forced to sell that casino and not have that license that he so desperately wanted for many, many years. Interesting fact, too, is one of the first people involved with the casino with Mr. Sinatra was my good friend Dean Barton, who once he saw everything going on around him, wanted out of that partnership quickly because he knew better.
2: Yeah, Dean Martin was a smart guy when it came to that. And, you know, you mentioned your fr- <laughs> not your friend, but Sam. We're talking about Sam Giancana, and you didn't say no to Sam Giancana.
5: No, you don't say no to Sam Giancana. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, my amazing thing, too, is you, there was once a fist fight in one of the cabins involving Sam. And nobody died because of it. That's amazing. I shacked, I Sam and everybody killed.
2: You can read a story like that in the great book, The Life and Times of Frank Balasteri, The Last Most Powerful Godfather of Milwaukee, that's written by Mr. Big. Just go to Amazon and get it there. And we'll see you again next week on Vegas Crime Blotter. Thanks, Mr. Big. More from the dark side of Vegas next week. Just a reminder, don't forget to follow Sports Rockin' Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also listen to Sports, R-A-C-X, wherever you listen to podcasts. Listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network.
1: I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps.
2: I'm Stephen Maggi, and we are chatting with Steve Tyrell, who's had all nine of his American Standards albums achieve top five status on Billboard Jazz Charts.
0: Don't sit there mumbling, talking trash. You want to have a ball, you got to go out and spend some cash. And there's a good time to grow. Yeah, I, I
2: think what I you do now is you download it now. And then as soon as that's available, yeah, you want to have it. Because it's, it's one of those things you just want to show. And the Atlantic stuff is so cool. I mean, that's music history, is
0: you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, are you
2: doing. Christmas is coming up. Now, you used to always do it with a Bobby Short podcast. Uh, place in New York yeah, i, mean,
0: I, have, I played there for 17 years in a row I took over for Bobby when he died and uh, I played every holiday season except last season and this season oh. and it's because they uh, they uh, have not they've decided not to open yet they opened the hotel the Carlisle Hotel and they opened the Bimbleman's Bar but they did not open the Cafe Carlisle which is where I play so I guess it'll be until next year before I return but I've played there 17 years man
2: oh no we loved yeah. it and I was thinking I was hoping they were going to be able to do it this year but next year I, I, I got my tickets yeah. to New York I, I
0: love that yeah no it, it's been a great gig for me and so many wonderful people have uh, come in, at the, the cafe and and you know seen me every, every holiday season I mean presidents you know Right. Prince Charles, all kinds of people like that go to that uh, that hotel, and so I was disappointed that I didn't get to play. But at the same time, I, I don't mind having uh, a Christmas at home with my family for a change. Yeah, you know? exactly. You never get to do that. So, I mean, I think that's 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 the good part of a bad situation. You know, I'm ready to. I'm not worried about it, man. I got enough money to last me the rest of my life. Did you know that? I've heard that. Yes. As long as, as long as I die by December the first.
2: Well, we want to just keep making music because these keep coming and they're be- each one's better. This one's fantastic. It's called Shades of Ray. You can get it online. Also, you want to go on this tour. So the best way to follow Steve then probably is on your website, Steve. Where, what is that? Yeah.
0: SteveTyrell.com. Easy as, as you can get, and uh, I'll be playing all over. I'm playing, in, uh, I just off the top of my head in a few in the months coming up. I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm playing in Texas. I'm playing in Oklahoma City. I'm playing in Chicago. I'm playing all over the place. It's so, exciting.
2: We've got to get you down in Vegas. I mean, this is fantastic. Yeah, well, I'll,
0: I'll be there. I'll be in Vegas for sure. I play there every year at the Smith Center usually
2: best possible place in town to play especially your kind of music there's really no better place looking if you haven't been to the smith center you should do that but
0: Steve, i'm sure i'll be playing there this year Outstanding. Oh,
2: sure. time now to make your picks for this weekend's nfl top games with longtime football executive upton bell Get out your notes, get out your checklist, because we're going to go through three picks again. It's time for Upton's picks. Upton Bell looks at some of the best games of the NFL every week and gives you his years of experience and gives you his thoughts on who's going to win. So let's start out with one. I know you like to call them the San Diego Chargers, and I always think of them that way, but it's the L.A. Chargers at Baltimore. Interesting game. Two good, solid teams.
6: Well, again, you've, you've, you've got two different styles here. I love, and I've told you this from the very beginning, I love Justin Herbert. I loved him last year. I love him again this year. Uh, I had felt that the Chargers were the team to beat. I like everything about them. They have terrific receivers. They have a good defense. Uh, they're capable, as they have scoring uh, you know, a lot of points. And they're going to go against the Ravens, who also have a different style quarterback, but really exciting. Brought them back many times. Uh, in games that look like they're out of, and that's Lamar Jackson. I like him a lot. And even though they've had a lot of injuries, particularly at running back, uh, when you have a guy like Jackson and you have a team like the Ravens who play good defense, uh, th- this this would be one of my marquee uh, matchups because you have two different styles in quarterbacks. One that two years ago was not only rookie of the year but was MVP in the NFL, Lamar Jackson who's a running, throwing quarterback versus Justin Herbert, who can run uh, but has a gun for an arm and and terrific uh, presence on the field. So uh, that w- would be my my game. I, I like, uh, even though I believe the Chargers are visiting the Ravens, I, I'm going to pick the Chargers. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to pick them because I, I just think that Herbert and his style and with the receivers he has as a slight edge on the Ravens. So my pick is for the Chargers.
2: Another game is Arizona at Cleveland. And you know, you were on the Arizona bandwagon even last week. You thought they were going to beat the 49ers, and they did. How are they going to do in Cleveland?
6: I think this game's a toss up. I, I, I think that, that probably Cleveland, because I believe that they're playing in Cleveland, they will be the favorite. But again, Uh, we're having what we're beginning to see more and more. The NFL has not only always been a quarterback league, but more so now than ever because the game has evolved from a running, passing game to really strictly a passing game. Mm -hmm. And uh, two young quarterbacks, I believe, came in at the same time. Baker Mayfield, uh, who some people thought was too short uh, when he first came in for the Browns. And uh, the same thing with Kyler Murphy, who's even shorter, uh, coming in uh, for the Cardinals. And basically, both these guys are really terrific quarterbacks. Uh, they, they both can run. Uh, they both have exciting offense. I, I, both teams have really helped themselves, particularly the Cardinals in, the, in their receiving department, uh, really picked up some really good receivers. So I, I, I look at this game and I say, this is really, even though the Browns should be favored at home, I think this is a pick'em game. I, I think either side uh, can win, and it's, it's all up to how much. And both quarterbacks can scramble. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing uh, to watch. They're both dangerous on the run. I favor the Browns' defense over uh, the Cardinals, but again, uh, the, the Cardinals have a tremendous pass rush. And so this is a game that should really be fun, should be exciting to watch. I'm going to pick the Cardinals in a slate upset.
2: Finally, the Dallas Cowboys at New England. For a lot of years, it would have been a no-brainer. Not anymore. Uh, The Cowboys are looking mighty good. What do you think?
6: Well, it's funny. Going into the season, I thought, and I didn't think they were quite as good as as they were way, way back. And uh, they really had kind of a bad season last year. And of course, uh, the, the devastating injury to Dak Prescott. Really, I thought, well, we'll see. They're lucky they're in, in a division with some really bad teams, including the New York football Giants. And the reason I picked this game is they should run all over the Patriots. It's, it's a 4 o'clock game that's played here in New England. But um, my, my only reason for A, picking the game, and B, giving the Patriots any type of chance, It's it's Belichick, as Belichick showed. Even though this team is right in, kind of in the middle, and still developing, is that Belichick last week against Brady really showed his brilliance and how this team could play? But can Belichick and the defense, who were good against Tampa, can they be good enough to confuse uh, a real running a real a real machine in Dallas? And can he out Mike McCarthy, which I don't think is hard. I I, I picked this game because it could really be something that is really a trick-or-treat, or it could be a real runaway. So, Cowboys, Patriots, thinking man team versus a lot of offense of the Cowboys. I should pick the Cowboys, but don't be surprised.
2: Thanks, Upton. We'll see you again next week. And speaking of sports, make sure to listen to Sports Rockin' Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. You can go to Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts to listen to the show anytime. That's Sports RACX. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
2: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. What Ray Charles was to the world of song, our next icon was to the world of comedy. If you're a fan of Impressionists, there really was none better than Fred Travellina, One of the very best you can ask guys like Rich Little and so forth, who all admired him. Rich Natoli told me he was the best he knew. And we have his wife on today, Lois Travellina. Fred, fortunately, has passed on. You can still have some of his great work, including his music, which is fantastic. And we're going to talk about a thing called the Manhattan Christmas Suite, which is fantastic. Wonderful purchase this year before Christmas. Lois, um... You guys were unusual in Hollywood in the sense that you were married a long time.
7: <laughs> oh, yes, we were. It would have been um, 50 years.
2: Well, yeah. and, and, and everybody, when you mention Fred Travellina, they realize he's he's gone, and he was just so great. He was really an interesting talent, and one of the interesting things about Fred, and kind of speaks to how long you guys were married, too, is... Of all the people I've met and talked about Impressionists, everybody likes Fred Travellina. I mean, he had—he yeah. seems like he was just loved by everyone.
7: He was. At one time, there were five Impressionists, known Impressionists, who did um, a show called The Copycats.
2: I they love The Copycats. L- I love yeah, that. I'm glad we brought London. that up.
7: There were, there were seven shows. Fred did five of them. And uh, they dressed like, they acted like, they sounded like. Uh, Rich Little, Gorshin, uh, George Kirby, Marilyn Michaels, one right. lady, and Fred. And they were the top all over the country. They worked all the time, every one of them. And we were so thrilled. Rich Little was kind enough in the beginning of time to recommend Fred to tell the agent to tell Shirley McLean to call Fred he was, that She wanted Rich Little to open for her. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't available. He was working. The agent came to Fred, and sure enough, we were open, and uh, that's when Fred started working Las Vegas with Shirley McLean. Prior to that, he had worked with um, Johnny Mathis on a tour, and that was a hoot and a half. Um, Yeah, he sounded just
2: like him, which is hard.
7: (laughs) oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Mathis is the only entertainer that we ever knew who would go out on stage the curtain would open, the lights would go on, and there was your star, the star of the show, Mm -hmm. Johnny Mathis. And he would do 15, 20 minutes, and then he would say, I would now like to bring out a friend of mine, and and then he'd introduce the opening act. And then Fred would go out, or whomever he had after that. Mm -hmm. But I had the opportunity not too long ago to give him thanks for that opportunity. Uh, Celebrities don't do that. You know, they want to be the star, and if you're better than they are, when you go out there and get a standing ovation, well, you might not be working tomorrow. <laughs> you know They don't want an opening act to get standing ovations, or be that funny. but And there again, Fred was started out as a funny man, a comic. right. And then um, one night when we were working together, I said, "You know to, to the audience, I bet." If you had an impressionist here, someone who could do sound effects and, and, and copy other people, you would like that, wouldn't you? At that point, I said, well, Fred does that, and I backed off the stage. And Fred was stuck there doing, stuck. He wasn't <laughs> stuck. He knew exactly what he was going to do and where he went. I mean, and we hadn't rehearsed it. But he thats that was the beginning of the impressions.
2: And I remember he could do things like not only Johnny Mathis, but Frank Sinatra, who oh, everybody yeah. had trouble with. There was a, You yeah. have to be a good singer to be able to do that.
7: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Fred just didn't stop. He kept trying and trying. We had a studio at our house. A stu- we called it a studio. And uh, that's where he went, locked the door, and would work. He had a television. He had a sound system. And he would... Look at the 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 camera would be on him and he'd be odd, you know, doing that person. He practiced and worked all the time.
2: Well, I think people should go to YouTube and see it because it's yeah. different than some of the impressionists. Now there was he, there was a certain kindness to Fred. You never you would only take it as a compliment, and there wasn't some of the meanness that we see in some of the things today that are done. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I know.
7: I know. No, there was no meanness, and uh, some, somebody tried to rewrite a, a script that Fred had written, and it was a f- funny, happy, joyful, f- fun-time script, and when I got it back, because he was going to tweak it, um, it became F this and F that, excuse me, audience, I, I said, n- no, Fr- uh, I mean, Frank Sinatra, that's who he was doing. Mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra would never say those words in front of a woman. So that's what they were writing. That's what they are writing. And I went to a comedy club the other night, and I wanted to walk out.
2: It's really, it's become a crutch, too, where they just use it. It's, I, I, like, I like what Jerry Seinfeld says, where if, if you uh, have to use that and it won't work without it, it really isn't funny. And And that is a good yeah. way of looking at it.
7: He was very clean, very funny, and then he said, I'm going to sing a song in my act. Oh, well, God. Well,
2: well, let's talk about Vegas because the okay. show is about Vegas, and he was a big fan of Las Vegas, and you played there along with, I guess, Tahoe and uh, Reno as well exactly. uh, a lot, right? Uh, yeah. Did he enjoy it?
7: Yeah, oh, please. That was his dream. Um, he talked about it all the time. One of these days I'm going to uh, go to Vegas, and then when he did, oh. It was uh, it was wonderful. Uh he worked every hotel on the strip. No, that's not true. The only one he didn't work was the Dunes. Never mm-hmm. worked there. Uh, but the Riviera and the yeah, MGM, Sahara, you name them.
2: And did he have he a particular there. favorite that he that he really loved more than any of them?
7: Well, in the beginning I think it was the Riviera because that's where um uh Wayne Newton, Tony Bennett Uh, A couple other big stars were there. But, of course, Sinatra was always at Caesars, and Fred wanted to work. And he did, and he finally worked at Caesars. He wanted to be where Mr. Sinatra was. and We always went to his shows. Every time we were there and Sinatra was there, Fred would get off stage, being the opening act at wherever, and we'd dash in a cab or walk over to see Mr. Sinatra. Not only because they did become friends, hello hello friends, you know, not dining and coming to my house or going to his house but um, they were friends but it was a learning process for Fred to watch him on stage
2: you've got kind of a cool thing too available on your website uh, which mm-hmm. we can tell them uh, it's fresh fredtravelina.com Tra- uh-huh. and uh, it's an audio compilation of all these uh, things in Vegas and stuff including he's doing the Rat Pack and stuff it's kind of a really great uh, remembrance and I uh, did oh, yeah. get that for just like twelve ninety five, as I remember
7: yeah Yes, all those voices and the, all the, uh, oh, the Live at the Ice House. That was comedy and impressions. That, that was so fun.
2: Thanks, Lois. Next week, we'll be back with Lois to discuss a Christmas album from Fred. Time once again to chat with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. There seems to be a lot of questions about whether or not you can get a free drink anymore while gambling. Everybody talks about resort fees, and we've talked about parking, everybody's got parking. Another thing now is, at least to some extent, you don't get all the comp drinks the way you did. So talk a little about what they've done with that, because at one time in this town, at at almost any casino, you could drink pretty much as much as you wanted
4: as long as you were playing. Yeah, that was a great Vegas tradition. I drink a little bit, so I, I was a big fan of that as well. Over time, the casinos have really had to pay much more attention to their bottom line and so now you can still get free drinks that is not anything that's changed the thing that's changed is they're they are automating the way that bartenders and cocktail waitresses can uh keep track of whether you're earning it. They they really just want somebody who's gambling to get free drinks. Uh, the tradition in Vegas has always been, you come in, you put a dollar in, you get your drink. Well, that was a great deal. But any any person who knows Business 101 knows that's not economically viable. So uh, there are now devices on the back of video poker machines in casino bars. And those devices tell the bartender whether you've earned your drink or not and uh i recently wrote another story about a company that that makes those devices they're now making them uh, in a version that will be across the casino floor so that is coming very soon people got very riled up when i wrote about uh wrote about that and it's it's become a national news story but As I've said from day one, it's only affecting the people who want something for nothing. A typical player is not going to know that this is happening, it's just really making it easier for bartenders and cocktail waitresses to know if you've earned your drink. It is a cultural change in Vegas, but I don't put it in the same category as paid parking or resort fees because those are just irritations and kind of greedy. This is not greed, this is just a, a very smart business practice. Thanks, Scott. And don't forget
2: to visit Scott's site, VitalVegas.com. Coming up next is Sports Rockin' Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rockin' Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
4: Vegas, here we go!